Gold Star Promotions is proud to present Floyd Money Mayweather. The man himself is coming to the UK for his UK tour, February and March 2020. For all info and tickets, Gold Star Promotions, the host of UK. Buddy, I'm back on Behind the Globes with another interview. I'm joined by the one and only Anthony Yard. First of all, I appreciate your time. How, how, how are you feeling in this event? It's a different event. What, what have you seen so far? What do you like about it? You know what? I love the atmosphere. I love the knockdowns, the knockouts. It's fast paced. You know, you've got the fighters trying to put everything as a free run. It's always exciting. It's like the amateurs. But um, I'm watching elite amateurs. And um, it's always going to be interesting and exciting to watch. Did you have a favourite before coming in? I didn't. Um, I know Jonathan. Um, I've seen Nick Webb fight before. Um, there's another guy as well. I've seen fight before. Uh, the Polish guy. Whitaker. I've seen Whitaker fight as well. And um, I just want to see a good show. I just want to see a good show. Alright, I just want to talk about you. First of all, you're looking in really good shape. You been staying in the gym? Come on. Listen, one thing about me, yeah, is boxing is my life. I know about, I know right now I'm living in a country, I'm living in England. I was born in England, so I was born with opportunity. There's a lot of kids, a lot of people that were born without opportunity, you know, so I always think about it every day. I've been in the, I've been on both ends of the skills. You know, I didn't start boxing when I was when I was young. I started boxing when I was 19. So I've gone through the thing of going to school. I worked, you know, I had a, um, a normal nine to five job. I choose boxing every single time. Um, I love the sport of boxing, so I keep myself fit. I keep myself training hard. After the fight, obviously I had a, I had a hard fight. Um, my first world title fight, etc. Went out to Russia. So I took a break. First time I was taking a break, a bit of time to myself. I took about five weeks off. Back in the gym, I'm shot. Listen, it was a really good fight against Kovalev. You gave a really good account of yourself. But after that fight, there was a lot of critics saying, you know, maybe you should change trainers. We, we, we know we know Tunde gives a good vibe, but a lot of people were saying, you know, maybe he should try someone else. As a fighter, did that ever creep in your mind? What, what was your thought process behind that? Me or you? <laughs> Listen, one thing about the fighters of today, yeah, they don't form, they don't form any sort of units. Everything's business-based. With me, I joined Tunde from when I was an amateur. I was training with Tony since I had one amateur coach, and I hope, and I will actually, have one professional coach. You know, um, I'm not a person that sees into the future, but Tunde is like my uncle. Me and Tunde are like family. Um, Ade as well, I can't leave Ade. Ade is one of my trainers as well. Um, I'm one of the people I like bonds. I don't really get in there thinking about business or thinking about anything like that. For me, it's us walking there as a pack, a pack of lions. And um, it's not about switching, mixing and matching. I'm a loyal person, you get what I'm saying? And as much as Tunde might make mistakes, I make mistakes. I'm not a perfect fighter, he's not a perfect trainer. We aim to be, but we're not yet. Just like everyone else trying to grind and trying to better themselves. Um, I criticise myself, I criticise Tunde, I criticise everybody that was involved because we didn't want to fight. But also I give us big props because a lot of fighters that was in my position wouldn't have taken that risk. But I'm a strong believer in big risk, big reward. So most definitely. Listen, now the future is definitely bright. There's talks about Canelo Alvarez. I've seen something recently. Is it possible? Can it happen? A hundred percent. Canelo is in my weight division. He's a world champion. 
Um, he mentioned my name recently as well. I've always had high respect for Canelo. I've even, when he was coming out or going up in weights, I was always posting Canelo. I showed um, how he grew so much from his third defeat. Again, I've, been, I've had a defeat now. Everyone will see how much I will grow. Um, the Floyd, the Canelo that fought Floyd, you see the Canelo fighting now. And again, he was very, he was, he wasn't inexperienced at the time, but he was inexperienced compared to Floyd. And now he's taking that experience and look, look where he's gone. The real question is though, what happens when AY gets in against CA? God damn. <laughs> Listen, I've always been confident in myself. Um, the Covenant fight, as I predicted, I told everybody, I'm not going to go in there looking for points. I'm going to go in there, I'm looking for a knockout. That's the only way I thought I was going to win the fight. So, I said to myself, when it gets past the sixth round, I'm going to hurt him at some point. You did? And I did. When I hurt him, it's Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I'm powering up and I'm going Goku. That's all that happened. And then, I hurt him in the eighth round, I went for it, and I didn't pull it off. That's all it was. If I pulled it off now, I would have got all the praise in the world, but I know boxing. And I I wasn't gonna go to a man's backyard and win on points because even if it was close, and I've seen boxing time and time again, and I'd rather lose the fight how I did than go on points and play it safe and then I, and then I lose the anyway. So I went for it. The fight Canelo. <laughs> you're gonna say a different. Answer. If you've got one message to Canelo Alvarez, and it doesn't have to be disrespectful, what would you say to him? It's always gonna be respect against Canelo because what he's accomplished, how he carries himself, and what he's done for the sport. All I would say to Canelo is I respect you. All I would say to Canelo is I respect you and I would love the opportunity. That's all it is. All right, and last question. I've got to ask you because it's hot right now. Anthony Joshua came back, regained his titles again. Fellow London guy. What was your um, sort of assessment of his fight? A lot of people wanted him to come out and were disappointed that he didn't knock him out. But he did display a really good level of boxing. What did you make of the fight? One thing I'm going to say is you cannot please everybody. Boxing fans in particular, you cannot please every boxing fan, you know. Me personally, I thought he done fantastic. He went out there and he won the best way for himself. He had a lot on the line. He outboxed um, Ruiz 10 rounds out of 12. And um, he sh Ruiz don't get the credit he deserves. He's got very, very quick hands. And when you get close to him, he lets loose. So Joshua stuck to his game plan, stayed on the outside and boxed and got the victory. That's what matters. All right, Anthony, I appreciate your time. I know you're with your friends, so I appreciate all this. All the best moving forward. Lions in the cup. Lions in the cup. Hey, Fight Fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking the icon right here and hit the bell button so that every time we upload a new video, you get an alert so that you don't miss out. Gold Star Promotions is proud to present Floyd Money Mayweather. The man himself is coming to the UK for his UK tour. February and March 2020. For all info and tickets, GoldstarPromotions.co.uk. Fadi, you're back on Behind the Gloves with another interview. Joined, <laughs> joined by the one and only Amir Khan. Amir, how are you? I'm alright, thank you very much. First of all, before we talk about any boxing, I'm loving the new hairstyle. What's going on? Oh, it's gone a little bit wrong. So basically, what's happened? It's supposed to be grey, and obviously with the grey, uh, it's been about a week now. I think it's gone a little bit blonde, which is something that, that's not right. Yeah. So it, I'm, I'm, I was supposed to go see my hairdresser today. Her name's Charlotte. So Charlotte was supposed to fix it today, but I just didn't get time. I had to be here. I had to be here quite early. But I mean, I get, I get away with it. I mean, to be honest with you. But I think what's the inspiration? 
You know what? Just midlife crisis probably. And I wake up in the morning and say, oh, I'm going to get my hair color done. You know, because I, I would never do something like this. And it's something I've never done. So I thought, why not give it a try? Let's see what, how it looks. We're here at the Ultimate Boxer Heavyweight Edition. It's crazy. We've seen what has happened in the previous Ultimate Boxer. Tell fans why they should be excited for these types of events. First of all, you got the heavyweights. I mean, you know, whenever heavyweights fight, it's only that one punch that lands, it might not come out. They could be winning a fight and it's only three rounds. So what that means is, any fighter out there, even if you're trained or not trained, has enough energy to do three rounds. Now, three rounds for these guys who have been training for a couple of weeks, they're gonna be, they're gonna be ready, man. So I think there's gonna be a lot of knockouts. There's gonna be a lot of big shots thrown in, and there's gonna be a lot of high work rate as well, because there'll be a lot of fighters with a lot of high work rate, because they know that there's only three rounds left. So it's not like a 12 round fight where they're gonna end up getting tired towards the end. They need that energy for the later rounds. But this time, three rounds, they, they'll go in there and go for the kill. It's like an amateur style, isn't it? It's the, it's the, the types around it's the a lot easier than, It's a lot easier than the amateurs, really, because through, I mean, amateurs go up to five rounds or whatever, uh, four rounds, but I think this one, and you're fighting more skillful fighters. Here, these are novices that, that are going to be fighting. Novices who are going to get a huge opportunity, and in, in, in my opinion, I think a novice will win the tournament. Uh, uh, someone uh, like an underdog. Because, like I said, he's not going to have the pressure on him. There can be some fighters out there who have had an unbeaten record. They'll have a lot of pressure on them. They'll th people are assuming that they're going to win the competition or win the tournament. But I think they'll come and they'll they'll pull it off and pull off pull off an upset. Yeah. If you had a fighter, I know you're not a coach, but if you did have a fighter coming into this type of tournament, and obviously they've had a handful of pro fights, six, seven, eight, right, eight round fights. How do you prepare them for a fight? So what do you change in camp? You know what? You said to him, go in there, everything behind the jab, and put the pressure on straight away. Put the pressure on straight away. Don't hold back and put, put, put the opponent on the back foot. Get the judges to start watching you instead. Get all the interest on you. And as uh, soon as it just land some good shots in, so the whole crowd's behind you, and then you, you're in the fight. Look, one round can win these fights, you know what I mean? All you have to do, you, know, you don't need much energy for doing three rounds. So go in there and give it your all. That's what I would tell my guys. All right, moving on, seeing as though we're talking about the heavyweights, I know you were in Saudi Arabia last week. We saw Anthony Joshua reclaim his heavyweight titles. First of all, what was your impressions of his win? Were you impressed by his boxing ability? You know what, very good boxing. I mean, look, people are putting him down, saying that the way he fought was boring. But look, he did what he had to do. He wanted to win them titles back for Britain, and he did that. He went out there, put, put a great finish, uh, boxed really well, kept it long, kept him away. I think Ruiz got the game plan wrong himself by being very heavy, and uh, very sluggish. He thought his power was going to win in the fight, but it was wrong. You know, he, he needed the speed to win in that fight. So AJ did what he had to do, man. He put on a, pulled off a great performance, kept kept moving, hitting, hit and move. That's what it's all about, man. You've been a professional for many years. We've been a professional for many years. You've, um, you know, kept it strict. You've been in the big fights. Were you sort of disappointed that Ruiz came out and said, you know, he didn't prepare properly. He, he fell into the trap of getting too much money. Very unprofessional, really, because you think a champion at that level, a world champion at that level is going to be on it. He's going to be training hard. He's going to be more hungry because, like I said, it's hard win the uh, winning the title, but it's hard to keep in hold of them. And I think that's why he went wrong. He took he, he started to enjoy life a little bit too much, and look what happened. You know, I mean, that was a fight he could have won, but he left. He, he, he let it go. And last question, obviously, I've got to ask you this now. I've got you here. What what does 2020 hold? I've seen you post some things about the SBL. Us fans, we still want that Kelbrook fight. What's going on? The Kelbrook fight is still out there. Kelbrook fight is there. Manny Pacquiao fight is out there. Some big names out there, man. And 2020 is going to be a big year for me. Hopefully, fight around March or April, and the fight again end of the year. Like I said, it's a big year for me, so I want to maximise it, man. I want whoever they've got, whatever offers they have, all the promoters out there, from Eddie Hearns to Bob Arums to 
you name it, man. You're a free agent now, right? I'm a free agent, man. I can work with any promoter, so, you know, I'm ready for whoever. A new haircut, new Amir Khan. Let's, let's go 2020. After the game. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Hey, Fight fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking the icon right here and hit the bell button so that every time we upload a new video, you get an alert so that you don't miss out. Oscar Bevis for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. I'm here at Ultimate Boxer 6, joined by Mr. Charlie Edwards. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. It's good to come back out and get to a few um, boxing shows again. Been away from the scene for a while, so it's, it's nice to be back watching it. And this show is a great show. It's like the old prize fighter. So um, the heavyweights, they're proper putting it on the line and they're going at it. One of them fights just then, it was brilliant to watch ringside. And there was two tough men swinging it out. And, they're, work, they're, work, they're, they're definitely working for their money tonight, that's for sure. You said you're back on the boxing scene now. Talk to us what, about sort of what that break's been like, that breakaway. I take it sort of a fresh your mind and just yeah, put yeah. the motivation back there? Yeah, 100%. Uh, it was just like a bit of a refresh. There was a lot of pressures, of, obviously, with me being world champion and then with the previous fight and then knowing that I couldn't make the flyweight limit and have to vacate my title and then hearing that my, my, my last opponent failed a clenbuterol drug test and had minor trace in his system. So it's been a it's been a challenging challenging time. This whole year has like it's like you don't know what to expect from coming a nobody to an overnight success and everyone noticing you, everyone speaking to you, everyone always asking you when's your next fight and stuff like that. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like you're going around people asking for pictures and I've got to be grateful for all of it because without the people who showed support us as fighters wouldn't be where we are but it is it was massive to, to, to deal with and um, and like to to develop a new lifestyle it is crazy and then um, obviously with the fight and not being able to make the weight in the last year literally killed my happiness making that flyweight limit and um, what happened to me in my last fight was probably a blessing in disguise and it made me really realize that I can't do this no more so I mean, anyone who saw that picture of you that you put out that selfie of you to be honest, it made you look like you was ill, oh, making that weight. So I think anyone who saw that picture would know. It's on the film. Like, people, especially after I said I vacated, people were quick and easy to jump on me and try and say that I was bottling out of the rematch and stuff like that. You only have to go back to the, even I film weighing. You see me standing there, I'm not even there, I'm not even present. I look back at it and it like makes me feel like I can't remember the day. Like, you know what I'm like, I, I speak to the media and everything, even, uh, even after the weigh-ins and that, at the press conferences, I just media blacked out, just because they have no energy. But that's the thing in the past now, we can't dwell on that. And um, I just want to say thanks for the people who showed support all the way through the, the bad times, because it is, it's hard. Like, when you're on the top, everyone's we are, and as soon as you have a little slip, or, or things haven't gone quite your way, and like, I vacated the title, people change. So it's just it's a learning process. So I had to get away and refocus, reset myself, and uh, realise what I'm, I'm actually in this sport for. Not for all that fame, not for all this kind of thing. I'm in this for the love of the sport and uh, to push myself day in day out. Um, it's, it's it's been great to have a rest. Like I feel really refreshed and um, I've let my body.
body growing, I'm going to be coming back and complaining at bantamweight. But being at bantamweight doesn't. I'm not. I'm not moving up to say I'm going to be fighting at the world level. I need to. I need to learn and develop and, and grow strong as a bantamweight. So I, I realise that my. But I won't be at the top of the pile and the chase is back on and there's nothing better than the chase it's really it's it's, it's the journey that is the most important and, and, and the most satisfying thing I know you don't want to dwell on the past but I do have to ask you about that failed test from Martinez um, I suppose you felt a little bit cheated in the fight itself and now you feel cheated even a couple of months later when the findings come out well yeah I, I felt, felt cheated in the fight because of what happened but I was that was a half of me in that ring it weren't even the real like it weren't what I know I'm capable of like I was shot to bits if anything on them scales so um, whatever happened that probably was the blessing in disguise because who knows what could have happened I was really bad on my weight and say I went to 12 rounds of punishment you don't know what could have happened to my health so that's my kind of like blessing I suppose someone's looking down on me and um, yeah he failed the drugs test got a minor trace of clenbuterol in his system which most people who have got clenbuterol system are doping other ways and they're clearing it and cycling it through their system so it's one of them things um it is what it is um i suppose when he hit me on the floor it must have been roid rage or something <laughs> i don't know but it's a thing of the past now move on to the future look to the future i'm grateful for all the lessons they they turn out to be blessings and it's going to make me a hungry and more determined fighter moving forward there's a new goal there's new aims and it sounds better to be a two-weight world champion than just a world champion so it's it's a new journey i'm on is your old foe Casemiro back in your sights? I know you're there supporting him in Birmingham. Yeah. I didn't manage to catch up with you, but um, I saw you were ringside. Um, he's a great fighter, and who knows? Who knows? I'm not naive, and I'm a realist, and I would not be jumping in with him now, moving straight up to Bantamweight. I need to prepare, refocus, re re-strengthen myself, test the waters at Bantamweight, and see how I'm, I'm holding and develop as a Bantamweight before I can start shouting anybody's name. But Casemiro is a serious fight. I've got nothing but respect for him. Um, I was there supporting him against Tete because he's taught me valuable lessons in this boxing game. And just like my last fight and just like what's happened to me, that's going to teach me valuable lessons. But he was the one who really made me go away, develop and come back and be able to be a world champion. And he's an elite, elite fighter. And I think he's so under the radar, people don't even give him the credit he deserves. What he done to Tete was scary. No one see that coming, and it just goes to show what a fighter he is. Gonna have to ask you about the uh, small matter of Joshua versus Ruiz last weekend. Um, I'm over the moon. You had a weight problem. Ruiz had a different weight problem. Yeah. Is yeah. that acceptable? Um, I w it's especially the post-fight excuses. It's not acceptable for any boxer to have a weight weight issue and put their life on the line in both ways, me making that stupid way, that was my pride and my ego taking over. For, for Ruiz, it was the opposite spectrum. Um, I don't know what he was thinking there, um, but you've got to feel sorry for him. Like, not in the way that you've got to feel sorry for him, as in, because he should have prepared. You don't know what went on. The pressures of being a world champion are completely real. The What happens after you are crowned world champion and the people when who, who it brings in and if you're not acute and you're not aware like I made a lot of mistakes when I first won my world title but I got all aware and very quick and put it all out and got back in the gym and got focused refocused and kept my close team around he fell into the trap of allowing them people in and that's what must have got him and um, 
he probably just took it for granted. It's sad, it's sad, but when you do know what the sad thing is, seeing the fans who who was laughing at Joshua, terrorising Joshua, now they're the same ones terrorising Ruiz, who was on Ruiz's side. So it's a crazy, it's a crazy, crazy world we live in, but I suppose he's asked for it because he didn't prepare to his max. But um, I'm sure he, he'll get a, get another shot. If it ain't Joshua, it'll be against probably Wilder because he's been stated in the WBC rankings now, I believe. So that's probably what it's going to be looking like more. And um, yeah, but it's, it is crazy. It's crazy. I, he, he should have come in prepared at least and give it everything. And as for Joshua performance-wise, was that the best Joshua that we've seen? Um, I think it was the smartest and most clever Joshua. Um, he's very, he, he looks a completely different fighter. Um, Do you think the rest of the heavyweight division have sort of stood up and taken notice of the performance I like think, that? I think they have stood up and taken notice, but they're not giving him credit. They're, they're slagging him and laughing at him because he didn't knock him out or because he didn't be the ruthless Joshua that everyone's known him for. He boxed a smart fight, a clever fight. And yeah, so he, he, he hit, he hold. But that's boxing, hit and not get hit. And, and Joshua show, showed that he's really worked on things. And um, he's, I, I believe Joshua's, he's always had that in his locker. I've seen him in the gym, he's always had that in the locker. But when things go too easy for him, which they have done the whole way, he's just expected to do it. And, and he's, he hasn't thought about the, the boxing and the, the risk really of what's coming back. And now he's, he's done it and he boxed 12 rounds with ease. The fittest he's ever looked. So good fair play to him and his team. Just finally, who would you want him to fight next out of Pulev and Usyk? Obviously, um, it looks like it's going to be I one and vacate one. Everyone would like him to see Usyk because Usyk is the next big thing. So if Joshua goes and beats him, he's put everyone doubt. Is it a more them. winnable fight, Usyk? Um, I don't think so. I think Usyk's a harder fight, but I think more people will want to see Usyk. It's just because Uzik doesn't move like a heavyweight. He's he can move in and out. He's got the footwork. He makes people miss, and um, it's not gonna be like Uzik's not gonna stand there and trade. He's gonna outbox people, and I think at that weight, someone who moves like that is really hard to beat. All right, Charlie. Thank you for giving me some of your time. Thank you. I'm sure we're probably missing another cracker, so I think we better get back in there. Thanks for speaking nice. to IFL TV, and I'm looking forward to seeing you back in the ring soon. Thank you. Oscar Babies for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. I'm here in Manchester. We've missed the Dean White here at Ultimate Boxer 6. How are you? I'm good. How are you, buddy? I'm alright. Um, bit of a mad one to get here, isn't it? Oh, this is a bloody nightmare. Stood me up. Sorry, mate. Took a bit longer. Got to get my glad rags on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, <coughs> Ultimate Boxer 6. 
-hmm. We spoke about it before, obviously. We're about to see the final in probably about half an hour. Surprised by what you've seen so far? A couple of shocks, a couple yeah, of really good fights listen, as well. Very, very shocked that the guys who I thought was going to contest the final are all out. So, so Sofoloski, old school guy, power puncher, um, is upset the apple cart quite a few times and beating a few prospects. Jonathan Pilata from the manor looked strong, you know, from certain times. But to you know what? I don't know. Maybe the bright lights got the better of him. I'm not sure. He didn't seem to let his hands go enough and seemed to be quite fatigued from the first round. But I think they just had the wrong game plan. I don't know what his corner was telling him. You know what I mean? He just weren't letting his hands go. The other kid was proper game. Caught him with some big shots. But Jonathan caught him with some big shots. Jonathan's got a great chin. He's got a great chin. But he just came up short. All he's got to do now is go back to the drawing board. A loss doesn't define you. Um, but, you know, he's just got to go back to the drawing board and come again. That's it. But a lot of the great guys who I thought were going to win are out. There we go. That's all my boxer for you. Saudi Arabia. Absolutely. Talk about the experience. What was it like? Saudi was really good, you know. We had some. We, had, we was in, we was in um, good company. You know, obviously we stayed in a great hotel. Obviously we was with um, Prince Khalid and a few other people. So it was a really good time. Um, and I think they had a good turnout. It was better than it was in this... It's a lot different from what I expected, obviously. I had perceptions of Saudi and I left with a different opinion. I like Saudi, the people are really great, they've got a lot of hospitality and they were really good and kind, you know what I mean? I went out and, um, you know, they were very friendly, you know, as a foreigner, I thought, you know, like, oh, I can't do this, I can't wear that, I can't talk this, I can't say that. You know, like, I went there with so much different things and it's so much different than I actually uh, thought. But, um, a lot of people said, listen, if you came a year ago, six months ago, it was so much different and it's evolving and changing quite quickly. So um, it's one of them ones, you know, now they've, 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 they've put on a history defining card with Ruiz and Anthony Joshua. And um, I'm happy that my bro Dylan White was part of that card to be, you know, like the thriller in Manila, the rumble in the jungle and say we was part of the first Saudi record breaking historic fight where Joshua got his belts back. Dillian got a great win and just to be opening the floodgates to future fights and shows that are going to be there. Let's talk about Dillian, um, went the distance with Marius Wack. Uh -huh. Pleased with sort of the performance, I mean a lot of people have said that after everything that Dillian's had to sort of deal with, uh, the media pressure and sort of the pressure from fans that just sort of get back under the lights and get a win, sort of the main thing. Yeah, of course, but you know, obviously performance sometimes to, to go out there and showcase skill is always paramount sometimes, but you know, listen, the win is the win, we move forward. Wack is a tough, durable guy and we knew that. Um, afterwards, Dillian was a bit upset, but listen, at the end of the day, we managed to get the win and we've got to be proud of what we've got because, you know, some guys could have came and stuck if they didn't have the heart, the desire and willpower. Like you said, he's been through a lot. Um, he's been under a lot of immense stress and only the day before, that he was vindicated from all the pressure that he's been under for the cloud of darkness that he's been under so listen as a team as a family and as everyone we're just happy we move on going into 2020 he's going to come back better stronger than ever and he'll be in shape just like he was for the rebas and the, the um, chisora fight and previous fights obviously this one he came in a little bit he heavier than usual but listen make no bones we're going into the 2020 and he's going to get his opportunity to fight for world title so we need to knuckle down and go and get ourselves mentally prepared or him being the, the one but I say us because I've got to make sure I keep drumming it into his head and give him the information and advice a brother or um, anyone team member wants to give him you know what I mean so I'm going to be right there with him and trying to push him and make sure he's the best he can be for 2020. Obviously now mandated as the WBC's number one challenger again after you had statement. Yeah. 
But you say 2020, it looks like you might even have to wait to 2021. No, what you've got to understand is, it's 2020, Feb 2021, February is the last. Right. It could be June or it could be September of 2020. How Let's see what happens. How hard will you guys be pushing for that? I imagine. Do you know what? I think they're going to be lobbying it for quite, you know, quite hard and stuff. So let's see. But what we need to do is we try and get another couple of fights in, or one or two fights in. But let's see how the situation goes. Well, you know, if you can get out February, March, and they can get out again in summer, and then maybe the world titles in um, September, that'd be brilliant. You know what I mean? But I'm sure him and his team and the guys are there. They, they, they're very good at what they do, and they're going to be pushing. And, he, and you know, I'm going to be trying to give him the advice because I want to be make sure he's physically and mentally prepared when he goes in there to do battle with the bronze bomber. Right, let's move on to the main event. Um, there's so many places we can start, but let's start with Andy Ruiz. When someone comes out post-fight and gives comments that they weren't motivated, they weren't putting in the training, they come in heavy, and you've got people like your brother who are waiting on a world title shot, it's sort of disappointing to see that sort of the lack of effort that he's putting in for a fight of that magnitude. You know what? I could say absolutely, but you know what? It's, we've seen it many times before in guys when they get to that magnitude of that level that elite level being the dominant unified champion of the world um i remember what's happened is he's gone back home to america and then it's the, the, the whole game changed from mexico now has become all on his back he's met the president he's eating he's drinking with people he's in a whole different catalog of of, of people in terms of the a-listers of who is who canelos the president of mexico Maybe the Drakes, the Montanas in America, you know that he's become the number one guy on the list to go and be with, the heavyweight champion of the world. So all of that fame has accumulated to being an effect. And it's had a knock on effect. It's happened to loads of guys. I remember when Tyson was in the prime, he had a lot of issues and came on stock with Desiree Washington and other stuff, or, um, Robin Gibbons when he was married to There were so many things that occurred. And if you're not mentally strong of uh, mind, you can get sidetracked a bit. <clears throat> what we'll say is he can complain about Obviously, he put on weight, but he still was fit enough to do the 12 solid rounds. And he took some big shots in there and managed to come for it. But listen, it's a lot for a young man to take on. He came up short. Let's see, what he, let's see what, where he goes and what happens to him. But um, make no bones, he's ahead of a fighter. And, and he still showed it in the glimpses. When Joshua came to exchange, he showed him, listen, this is what happened last time when you came close. And he gave him a few decent digs. And Joshua was smart enough to stick to the game plan and just get the win, box long, and keep it smart. How good of a fight is Ruiz and Dillian? An absolute Cracker, barnstormer. Isn't it? yeah. It's such a barnstormer. Listen, those guys are going to be in the middle doing his thing, but, you know, I think, you know, we'd, we'd, uh, for me, you don't want to make it a 50-50 fight. You're got you going to have to fight and box, I think, to keep it, because you saw what the product is. Joshua boxed long, and you saw it. He couldn't cut the ring off. His feet was a bit too slow. He couldn't cut the ring. But at the same time, if you get that fight, listen, it will be a barnstormer. That will be a war of nutrition. But at the minute, what I look at for me is, Andy Ruiz has had two world title shots. I wouldn't, like, me personally, if it was me, I wouldn't give him the opportunity because at the end of the day, it's a fight. You haven't had your world title yet shot. So you'd want to get, I'd personally want my bro Dylan to get his world title shot because it is a hard fight. And it's one of them fighters, you're talking about a man who is just unified world champion. So he's right up there. But like he said, it's a hell of a hell of a fight. It'll be great, I, th I think, with um, those two because they're going to be trading level. Just finally on Joshua's performance. It was a great performance, man. He went out there and done what he did, and I'm happy that he won it. Two-time world champion. Now he's back in the UK. Dylan got the win. He got the win. And listen, we look forward to great fights in the UK, man. He's got a few mandatories. Hopefully, he might fight Pulev and then Yusek, and then obviously Dylan might get his chance. Fury might get his chance. 
I know we've good shots here for UK. Even if we might be able to bring Wilder over if he stops bitching about this and that and that and this. He just needs to shut up. You know what I mean? He's complaining about stuff, but he's missing out on the great party and the money, what he should be making. He's not making a lot of money because he keeps complaining about shit that are irrelevant. But listen, it is what it is. Credit to him as well because he's a great champion. He's what, 43 fights undefeated, 42 knockouts. He's a beast. I can't say no more than that. Will Dillian go for the um, vacant belt to say the WBO? Was one that Joshua vacated. Sure Dillian team, pushed to look for a, a I'm fight sure the for that. team will look at it. They will look at it. All options are open. Nothing is ruled out. You know what I mean? But at the minute, I think if it is vacant, the WBO, I believe Yusek and Trezora might be up next for that. But let's see what happens. All right, Dean, thanks for giving me some of your time. Thanks I'll let you get back much. to Absolutely. it now. And I'll catch you soon. See you, mate. Oscar Bevis for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. I'm here at Ultimate Boxer 6, joined by Mr. Sam Jones. I've noticed that when I interview you, you do always stand sort of side on. You're a side on no, guy. Is, no, do you know what it is? Like you point out, I don't want to like stand directly straight, so I like to like side on kind of thing. It's all about the angles. <laughs> it's all about the angles. Florian. Yeah, yeah. Signed, well, I say you just signed him. You signed him. Yeah, listen, I was really proud of him then because I think he's done his, his, his hand in the first round, his right hand in the first round. We hope it's not broken. We're going to go and get it checked. Um, but we need to get to be it. Fair, I've just seen him punching his leg to prove that it wasn't broken to the doctor, so I think he's alright. <laughs> he's as tough as old boots, isn't he, Florian? He's a real proud piece. And look, listen, he's, you've not seen the best of him yet. That was a really tough test there. He's coming off a good win. He's not he's not a mug, the guy he's just beating there. Florian hurt him a few times and look, we push on. We get him out early next year, providing his hands okay. Keep keep pushing on. He's got a good little sort of relationship with Ultimate Boxer now, and he's boxing he's got a good relationship with Ultimate Boxer, but it's like we've got to see because we've got a lot of options on the table now. We've got a lot of promoters interested in him. He's a huge, huge. You see, he's a huge ticket seller as well. But he's not just that. He's not just a ticket seller. He's a he's a, he's a crowd pleaser. He wants to, he wants to knock people out. That's his, that's his style. There's loads of good fights out there for him down the line. The Conor Ben. He's already ben, said that. But listen, I feel what he says. Everyone calls out Conor Ben. He's a big name, isn't he, Conor? He's doing his doing his thing, and I respect him. I respect him, his team. But it's a great fight down the line. I mean, you would want to see that, wouldn't you? Conor Ben and Florian yeah, yeah, standing toe to toe. It'd be a great fight. You say a lot of promoters are in for him. Say again, mate. You say a lot of promoters are in for him at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Any names? All the, all the main ones. All the main ones. Yeah, they're all there. Yeah, all there. Alright, fair enough. Um, Marco Hook. Joe Joyce, the yeah. Brexit battle. Mate, we didn't call it that. I'm getting so much stick for that. Do you know people are like, why would you call it that? I never called it the Brexit battle. It's the German promoting it. It's nothing to it. Frank Warren's, uh, we lost the purse bits. So um, they've called it that. January the 11th, go there and get the belt against a, a, a great former champion. Do you expect a lot of Brits to travel over there, do you think? Listen, we've had a few. We've had a, yeah. a lot of Joe's family and friends are going to come over. Listen, we're going to get a few. But, um, Will it be on BT Sport? Hope, hope so, hope yeah. so. Right. Lerone Richards. Yeah. Him and Lennox Clark, a little bit of beef, but uh, 
after the, the final bell. So you were watching it from Vegas? Yeah, yeah I, was it. I was watching it from Vegas, and like, I score. I'm not delusional when it comes to scoring fights. I know people like to think I'm, but I'm not. I, I had Lennox having a very strong end to the fight. Larone dominated the fight. Like, you, you, you can't win the win. The, I gave Lennox Clark two rounds in that fight, two, three rounds for tops. What did we see from Larone Richards in that fight? That say again, sorry. Mate. What did we see from Larone Richards in that fight? That, 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 he's that, 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 that he's got grit. He's got grit, and it was an exciting fight. Correct. Yeah. It's an exciting fight. Lerone outboxed him very comfortably. But listen, Lennox is a tough guy, really tough guy, and a lot of super are going to struggle with Lennox Clark. Would you say he's the best at his weight in the country? If you sort of take, would you say he's the best at his weight in the country? That, 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 that level, level so for hundred percent, million percent. Would you like to fight him perhaps for the European? Yeah, possibly. Step That's what I'm saying. We're, we're talking to Frank Warren next week about Lerone's next move. Frank and Francis, uh, George, we're going to we're going to speak to all of, uh, speak to all of them and see where we go forward. Where else you got George Fox out Shout tomorrow. out to Christian. Look at this suit. That is Take a suit. Look and a half at this suit here. I mean, look at this. Is that, an, <laughs> is that initials on the shoes as well? It is initials on the shoes. I need to talk about games. Well, uh, SJ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, George Fox, you got out tomorrow as well on the MTK yeah, show. Yeah. yeah, so is, yeah. That, is that it for your guys? Flying, flying back down to uh, uh, Brentwood tomorrow. Flying back down to Brentwood? No, no. When I'm saying flying, I'm not saying that. On the train. On the, on the, on the train. Uh, early train tomorrow, straight down to Brentwood. George Fox. Is that it for you guys for the end of yeah, the year? Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it for the year now. And then Joe Joyce, January 11th. Are you coming? No, Umar's you know, coming. Oh, yeah, he told me he's going. Yeah, yeah. Yo, I'd like to do that. Why are you not coming? Yeah, I'd like to. Berlin, isn't it? Yeah, you said it was? It's Hanover. Oh, Hanover, right. Hanover, two flights. Well, I know they like the beer out there, so I'll be more than, oh, yeah, I'll be more than happy bit, to German come down. German Bittenberger. <laughs> um, let me ask you about Joshua. Yeah. Last Saturday, what did you make of his performance first? Oh, off? great performance. I didn't think he was going to win. I thought Ruiz was just going to like get on his chest and stop him again. But I was, I was wrong. Do you know what I mean? I was wrong, and I was very happy to be wrong as well. Joshua's done a lot for British boxing, and he deserved that moment. I really, I really, genuinely mean that. And I was ecstatic that he won. He's a Brit at the end of the day, and I want to see him in all the fights. I want to see him fight Joe eventually. But we want to see Joshua Tyson Fury, Wilder, T Wilder Joshua, Wilder Tyson Fury. We want to see the big fights, don't we? As fans, I'm a fan at the end of the day. That's what I want to see. But Robert McCracken deserves a lot. Of of, uh, praise. People said he should have left him, and Robert McCracken devised the game plan where Ruiz barely led, landed a glove on him, didn't he? Looking at that, because obviously you say you want Joe Joyce to fight for world titles, yeah. but with the names at the moment, that's going to be. Yeah, it's the power. Would most you have Joe Joyce Ruiz? Yeah, it's. Why not? Why not? It's a fight we would. It's a fight we would do. But like right now, we've got Marco Hook. We don't want to overlook him because yeah. listen, he's a capable guy. No matter what anyone says about him, longest reigning cruiserweight champion of all time. If I don't, but, uh, one in front of Johnny Nelson, I believe. I don't know if I'm right on that, but I think I think I am right. And then we want some big names. This big Booby Miller. We can still we can get that on in April and. This, that's, a, that's a doable fight. He's a Simon Top right now. Hopefully, Frank can make that happen. At the end of Ruiz has sort of made himself look easier to beat. He's made the fight more winnable. Ruiz just—he he, he, he just turned up, fat and out of shape. And you can't make excuses on that. Joshua just—Joshua boxed his face in, didn't he? And looked very good doing it as well. All credit to Joshua. Simple as that, Mr. Sam Jones. Thank you very much. Speaking to IFL TV. Look at you and your posh watch.
Anthony Joshua tweeted this yesterday, calling for an undisputed fight with Wilder or Fury. He said, let's get undisputed trending. That's what I want and that's what the people want. I want it bad. I came to take over and not take part. So you've got a lot of Deontay Wilder fans casting aspersions over this and suggesting that AJ is clout chasing and he's not really serious about the fight. Well, who knows if he's serious or if he's not serious. But one thing I do know is that he was serious about the Wilder fight prior to him losing to Andy Ruiz. And how do I know this? Well, he made Deontay Wilder several offers. You don't make multiple offers to an opponent if you don't want to fight. If you wanted to just pull a stunt, okay, you make one offer, then leave it alone. But no, he made three separate offers to Deontay Wilder. The last offer, he actually made it through John Skipper, the head of the zone. So they were very, very serious about making the Wilder fight back then. Are they serious about making it now? I don't know. I strongly suspect that the Ruiz loss scared uh, Eddie Hearn to death. Okay? So perhaps he's not so keen on that fight now. I don't know. But this is why I've been saying for a long time that the worst decision Deontay Wilder ever made in his whole career was not taking the Anthony Joshua fight when he could have taken it. It was there for him. He should have taken the opportunity. He could be undisputed now. Yeah, that's the, the, the thing that he's been barking about for so long. One face, one name, undisputed. He could be undisputed now if he'd taken one of those offers. He could be making, what, three, four, five times as much money now if he was undisputed, if he'd taken the offer to fight AJ when it was there for him. And on top of all that, the third reason why turning the, those offers down was so bad for Deontay Wilder is because AJ might improve. Deontay Wilder is, what, 34? By the time him and AJ fight, if they do fight, Wilder could be on the decline. And AJ, who's several years younger, could be peaking. So, very bad move by Deontay Wilder. At the end of the day, he was advised by Heyman and Finkel, who don't have his best interests at heart, who know that he's not the sharpest tool in the box and he's easy to manipulate because he's a very emotional character. And that's what happened. So let's just remind ourselves of the timeline here. If we go back to 2018, March 3rd, to be precise, this is an article from CBS Boxing. And they listed the purses that Wilder was making around that time. He, just, he was about to fight Luis Ortiz for the first time and make $2.1 million. That's how much Deontay Wilder was making before he started using AJ's name to get publicity and build his profile. 2.1 million. That was his career high purse at the time. Prior to that, he'd made 1.4 million against Berman Stavern in the rematch and just 900,000 against Gerald Washington. These are the kind of purses Wilder was on before he started using AJ's name all the time. Once he started mentioning AJ's name, an offer came in from Eddie Hearn and AJ for Wilder to fight him. Bear in mind, Wilder, his last purse was $2 million. AJ and Hearn offered him $12 million. 8.8 .8 million pounds, if you do a currency conversion, it's $12 million, there or thereabouts. So, $2 million that he earned in his last fight, they're offering him $12 million to fight AJ. AJ at the time was making $20 to $25 million a fight. 
Now, obviously, it's a negotiation. You don't come out with your best offer first. You, you're going to come out with a conservative offer, see if the guy takes it. If not, you push your offers up. And that's what happened during the course of this situation. Wilder's team countered with a supposed $50 million offer, but it had a 24-hour time limit attached to it. And Hearn wasn't allowed to ask any questions, wasn't allowed to get any inf any information about the offer. He just had to accept it or they wouldn't go f forward with uh, the negotiations. And Shelley Finkel refused to meet Eddie Hearn on several occasions, refused to talk to him. He said, you either accept the deal as is right now without knowing any of the terms or that's it. And you've got 24 hours to decide. I mean, what kind of deal is that? You didn't see Eddie Hearn saying, okay, here's an offer for Deontay Wilder to fight AJ and it's 24 hour time limit attached. He didn't say any of that. Who the hell negotiates like this? If you really want to fight, if you really want to fight, you don't negotiate like this. You don't put 24 hour time limits on your first offer. Who the hell do they think they are? Like, some kind of retailer doing a flash sale. No, that's not the way you negotiate if you really want to fight. Eddie Hearn countered eventually with another offer, 15 million to fight AJ in Wembley or at Wembley, should I say, uh, 15 million. So the offer was increased from 12 to 15. And remember, this was before DeZone had decided to give him all the money. But once DeZone got involved and they said they wanted the AJ Wilder fight, they then offered a hundred million, over a hundred million. And it was DeZone who did it. So if this was some kind of ruse by Team AJ, well, how on earth would they get the network itself, John Skipper, the head of DeZone, to offer Deontay Wilder the money? His old team sat down with John Skipper. Had nothing to do with Eddie Hearn, at least not Hearn being in the room. Hearn obviously wanted to fight. That's why he gave Skipper the green light to go ahead and make Wilder the offer. So all these offers that came in for Wilder to fight AJ, he turned them all down. Absolutely bizarre. And after turning all those offers down, it increased Deontay Wilder's profile being involved in this back and forth beef with AJ. It increased his profile and his purses started going up. So in a way, his team have been successful at what they wanted. They wanted to build Wilder's profile up and make more money off him without actually having to risk him in the ring against AJ. That was clearly their goal and they achieved their goal. Deontay Wilder though was probably kept in the dark by his team. He didn't realize his team were playing him. He didn't realize his team were using him. Lying in his ear, talking all kinds of, not filling his head with nonsense. It's clearly what his team were doing. But now, the AJ loss to Ruiz, came back and recaptured his belt. I think the Ruiz loss scared Eddie Hearn to death. Eddie Hearn did not realize how vulnerable AJ was prior to that Ruiz loss. And now, the tables could turn. Now, Team Wilder might all of a sudden get brave and want the Joshua fight, but perhaps Joshua's team are going to start trying to play Wilder the way Wilder's team played Joshua before. Role reversal. And in this role reversal, it's probably going to work out best for AJ and Eddie Hearn. 
Because as I say, Deontay Wilder ain't getting no younger. And AJ's got plenty of people to fight over there in matchroom. There's Dylan White. There's Usek. You've got Hergovic coming up. You've got Michael Hunter. Whole heap of other heavyweights. Joseph Parker rematches there. You know, lots of different fighters he can face. Whereas Deontay Wilder, what's he going to do? Keep rematching Tyson Fury over and over again? What's he going to do? So, very, very bad decision by Deontay Wilder not to take the AJ fight when it was there for him. He should have put his foot down and told his team, no, I'm going to take the offer that they're giving me because once I beat this guy, I can take my career to a next level. Think about it, people. That last offer was for 100 million with a two-way rematch. It was a perfectly good offer. Turned it down. Terrible, terrible decision-making by Deontay Wilder. Not the sharpest tool in the box and very easy to manipulate, as his team well know. So we'll see what's happening here, people. Let me know what you think. Is AJ serious about the undisputed fight? Is he trying to save face? Is he trying to play Team Wilder the way that Team Wilder played him before he lost to Ruiz? Let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. It's happening out. Join me on Patreon. I upload a minimum of two podcasts every single week, covering a wide variety of controversial topics, as well as live stream Q&A sessions. Take a look on screen right now at some of the podcasts I've produced so far. For just $3 a month, the equivalent of about £2 a month, you get access to all my new podcasts and my entire back catalogue of past podcasts, including my popular Confessions of a Nightclub Bouncer series. You can listen on your computer or on your smartphone or tablet by downloading the Patreon app from the Google Play Store or the App Store for free. The Patreon app also allows you to download each podcast in MP3. For less than the price of a cup of coffee, you get access to dozens of hours of exclusive content. It's easy to sign up, there's no contract, and you can cancel at any time. So come and join our community of free and critical thinkers by signing up with me here on Patreon today.